Hello and welcome to the Stack Magazine's podcast. My name is Stephen Watson, I'm the founder of Stack, and this week I'm speaking to Scott Bentley, the founder and publisher of Caffeine Magazine. As its name would suggest, Caffeine is obsessed with the world of coffee and a little bit obsessed by tea as well. And Scott tells the story of how he went from launching the magazine in 2013 to now printing 40,000 copies per issue and, as he says, making more money from the title than ever before. A massive part of Caffeine's success has been its distribution. It's given away for free in selected cafes across London and the UK, as well as at coffee festivals and other specialist events. And Scott has obviously done a great job of building that network. But if you've listened to this podcast before, you'll know that I'm also always interested to hear the stuff that's not going so well. So Scott spoke about his efforts with YouTube and the struggle of converting a substantial social media media following into actual viewers. He also did something that nobody's ever done before in that he brought me a gift. So you get to hear us trying to talk while also eating coffee chocolates, which of course ties into the theme of his new issue, which is just out now. It was very nice to meet him and not just because he brought chocolates. So I hope you'll enjoy this conversation with Scott Bentley from Caffeine Magazine. All right, Scott, welcome to Somerset House. Thanks for coming in. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Actually, it's quite an honour to be here, actually, <laughs> after some of the luminaries that you've had on this uh, podcast. So thanks for having me. I, I, I love it when I'm speaking to someone who listens to the podcast. That really helps. So what made you want to start making a coffee magazine? Um, I suppose it kind of goes back. I've worked on some of the really big uh, men's lifestyle magazines. So... Um, I kind of started on uh, men's health and then I went to Arena and then from there went to FHM with Chase Story who's an art director who I've kind of followed around for a while Um, and then after FHM I was made redundant so I got back So was was that when FHM folded? No, no, that was before that so before that uh, I think it was Bauer uh, went through a tranche of uh, layoffs um, and I survived the first set, uh, and I didn't survive the second set, and I don't know how many sets of levels they went after that. But you know, when I was there, we we had a we had a healthy team. You know, we had a proper fashion department, we had a proper you know editorial department, we had you know regular subs, all, all that sort of thing. I mean, the art team was four, um, and then I was made redundant uh, along with uh, many other people, and went back to the freelancing route, which is well trodden for me and many other designers um and during that time i went to various various different places and i was working in the creative solutions department for squire and you know that sort of thing and i had this idea about coffee bubbling around in my head for a while and i one of the things that really interested me is i would go into wh smith and i would see like four magazines for about trains and then i'd see like eight magazines about VW Beatles. I mean, not just cars, but VW Beatles. And I just thought, I really like my coffee. I know everyone here drinks it every single day. There's these new coffee shops kind of coming along, which are like much better than your average Costas and your Starbucks. I said, I think there's a thing here. So I just sort of like pondered it for a few months and started scratching together ideas and creating little things. And then it just became, well, I've got to do it. Um, and I costed it all up and I realised 
probably going to cost me around £2,000 to print it and I could pretty much do everything else myself. Um, yeah, and I mean, I, I kind of got a few people interested, for some photographers, that, you know, Glenn Burrows, who's a guy I've worked with for years, and, um, you know, some editors that I knew that would do me a favour. And we launched it, and I just got great feedback. So when was this? When did you, when did you launch? This was the 2013, so we're pretty much right in the recession Possibly. Fantastic. Great timing. <laughs> I, I thought, you know, worst time to launch. But interestingly, the coffee industry went through a, a massive acceleration. And a lot of people put it down to the fact that people couldn't buy big ticket items anymore. But they still wanted their daily treat. Mm. And so therefore, coffee still went because everyone considers that as a treat. And also people talk about launching in a recession as being good practice. Because if you can make it work while there's no money knocking around actually mm. when things hopefully get better one day then it puts you in good stead yeah absolutely and i think if you look at previous recessions they only really lasted a few years but we're still in recession or austerity or whatever you want to call it um and so the fact that we're still there and we're still and actually we're still we're making more money than we've ever made over the past few months so I just think we've obviously got a stable enough business, a sustainable enough business um, that it works. Yeah. So, so how many did you print to start with? I think we've printed around 4,000 copies. Right, okay. And, and how does that compare to today? What, what are you printing now? So we are printing up to 40,000 copies. Right. Um, when we, and part of, our, part of what we do is we kind of support festivals. So there's an awful lot of coffee-based festivals now. London Coffee Festival being the biggest in Europe. But there is also like Bristol, Birmingham, Glasgow, Manchester. There's all these fantastic festivals. And so we, we kind of support them with, with magazines and get them into people's hands effectively. And you talked at the beginning about looking around in Smiths yes. and saying, look at all these train magazines and all these other things. But you're not in Smiths. No. And it seems like a really important part of this whole mm. model is that you're not a paid magazine, you're a free magazine, and you're not fighting against a bunch of other titles on a newsstand. You're in the places where people are drinking coffee. Yeah, it was, it was again, um, that idea of sitting down, having some quiet time, and leafing through a magazine with a coffee, which I always loved. And so to make that magazine about coffee is I felt perfect in a number of ways. But also, you know, I could have launched a magazine about coffee for coffee geeks. And there have been magazines like that. And there's trade magazines about coffee. But I wanted mine to be a consumer title. I wanted it to talk to people that either had an interest or but not, you know, an overwhelming love for it maybe. And maybe not some which they deal with in a work capacity and the idea for this was to bring people from non-speciality coffee which is you know high street coffee starbucks nero's those sort of things and you know joe's caf that does you know italian stuff um and get people to understand that there's another kind of coffee which is a higher grade better sourced um is can be more expensive but there's a reason for those things and, and to tell those stories because there's an often there's an often misquoted um, statistic like the uh, 
the second most traded commodity in the world is coffee or something like that. I mean, that's rubbish. Uh, it's, um, it's often banned around, but it's, it's rubbish. Um, but it does say there's a lot of people interested in coffee and drinking coffee. And I think that there's a lot of misinformation out there. So I just wanted to kind of bring all of the incredible stories about coffee into a place that the consumer could look at and kind of revel in and understand, yeah. So, so when I was, when I first picked up the magazine, I guess I've put it in my head as being more for the coffee specialist mm. because there's jargon in there. There's stuff like the bloom time mm. of coffee, which I can kind of guess what that means, but they're like, I, I don't know. Or like there's like a V6, which I think is a coffee machine. Is that like a... Yeah, V60 is a pour-over so pour device. So <laughs> it's, it's basically, if you want to make filter coffee, it's a, it's a really good way of making filter coffee. But it's, it's nothing more than a, there's nothing more than a cone, really, that you put a filter paper into. Right, okay, there yeah, you go. Yeah. But so then I, I realised, looking at the adverts in there, mm. and you've got ads for these, like, amazing, beautiful coffee machines. Mm. Actually this could easily be for the type of coffee drinker who, as you say, is not in the industry, but is just like really interested in drinking nice coffee. Yeah, we have to we have to tread a really careful line because the consumer's not going to buy the magazine. So yeah, the magazine has to be funded by the industry. It's this it's, it's a cyclical thing. It's like I make I make a, a magazine for people to get into coffee. People get into coffee. People then want to buy more coffee, and those people then who uh, have had all their coffee bought, you know, from them, then put some money into the magazine, which helps the magazine continue to grow. So it's a cyclical process, but it, it's on the understanding that those things work together in harmony, um, and that's sometimes where we get caught out because the uh, the industry side want to push their agenda, which is fine, I understand that, but unfortunately, most consumers don't care that the new espresso machine from San Remo has a particular pump in it. Love San Remo, by the way, but that's not <laughs> the point. The point is that the, the consumers don't care about that. Consumers care about taste and they taste, you know, and provenance and stuff like that. And so, so you, you talked about the, so this is a, an ad-funded um, magazine. Mm. And you do very well with that. I mean, the, and again, I, I don't know, but, the, but looking from the outside, so you, you've got, um, but I don't know what you really call it even, but like sort of a slip that goes over the cover. What, what's the technical term for that? Um, yeah, I suppose it's kind of like a, like a half cover wrap um, or, or yeah, a cover page. And that's not something we usually do. That happens maybe once a year, maybe twice a year, absolute max. That's just one way we, we generate. Well, we generate most of our revenue through, through advertising and yeah, it needs to be there to make sure that everybody gets paid. And in the early days, people didn't get paid. Not, not that I promised them and I didn't pay them. It was, it was more the case of, can you do this as a favour? Can you take some photographs as a favour? Can you write this for a favour? And, um, and I knew that was never going to be sustainable, but I was also not in a position where I could pay them because I didn't have enough money to pay them. Um, but now we're in a situation where everyone does get paid. Um, not brilliantly, but everyone does get, you know, money for, for their services and I feel that everyone's happy with that so I always wanted people to be paid I always wanted it to be one of those projects where it was sustainable because there's a lot of fantastic magazines out there that just aren't uh, absolutely and, the, and I think it helps that you've come from 
that other world of magazine making where you know that this is a business this is a, a thing that people do to pay their bills the so i mean as i say so you've got like the the cover wrap thing mm. um you, you will run advertorials um in there you have a very healthy um number of just straight up display ads in there i mean that this looks like there's a full-time ad sales person working on this the whole time is it is that the case oh no i mean we're, we're bi-monthly um so uh my ad sales guy works on other other things as well but you know we, i do have a dedicated ad sales person um and i do have you know a dedicated social media person i do have a dedicated editor sub-editor and i always felt that they were, they were real really important to have strong people in those positions especially a sub-editor i mean i my my i think the most underrated position on any magazine is the sub so joe who is joe williams i met her years ago and she's freelance and she does she's done work for bbc and and you know every every sort of major title um but she does such an amazing job of taking people's copy that know copy but don't understand maybe how to write perfect copy and just spin that into something which reads beautifully and that was all my always my intention was to take people who understood the subject matter but couldn't necessarily write particularly well and do it that way rather than reverse engineer it having jobbing um, writers that say oh I've got an idea for you it's my favorite 10 coffee shops in London kind of like Sorry, that's not going to cut it. Yeah, yeah, seen that before. Oh, so many times, and it's always bad, <laughs> you know. And so, what are you looking for then in a story? So, the, what, what does make the grade in caffeine? Pretty much anything that touches the world of coffee. So, in the new issue which we're just about to put out, we're doing chocolate and coffee, and I've even bought a little gift. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> So this this current issue, um, we have teamed up with oh dear look at that, um, with Paul A Young, who's a fantastic chocolatier, and he's put together some uh, amazing coffee chocolates. Because I don't know about you, but every time you have a selection box at Christmas time or something like that, the one that's always left is the coffee cream. It's generally disgusting. Um, and so, <clears throat> knowing this, I thought. That's a real shame because I know how amazing coffees can be. They can be so fruity and yet they or they can be chocolatey, they can be nutty, they can have so many flavours. Why can't we get that in, you know, coffee chocolate? And um, so I went to Paul and he said, yeah, I've got some ideas. Um, I, I, I could put you together some bespoke stuff. So this is going to be, you know, on our cover and it's our main cover feature. But then we'll also do things about mockers and best places to get hot chocolate. Because actually... Um, really good hot chocolate is as diverse as some some sort of you know, coffee things. The the, the flavour profiles are, are quite incredible. So, okay, so you, you've, mm. you're teasing me with this now. Yes. So you, you've brought this gift. We have a, a, a box of chocolates on half, the table. Half box of chocolates. I've half. Some. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You, bring the scraps. You got hungry on the tube on the way over, obviously. <laughs> So, the, so, so we've got a, a, a lovely like assortment of, of mm. chocolates here. So I guess I'm, I'm going to, um, let's eat some chocolates yes. while we talk a bit more about this coffee stuff. I'm, okay. I'm going to take this one. Yep. So There's a white the, one here. Um, charcoal latte, I think it a is. A charcoal latte. Yeah. Mmm. That is good. It's damn good, isn't it? 
That is not a coffee cream. No. Mm. And that's actually the one that I like the least. <laughs> I wasn't going to tell you, but there you are. But we've got an espresso martini one. We've got a, um, a banana and, um, and coffee, which is incredible because it's like... Um, if you have naturally processed coffees, they effectively start to ferment. And so they have a boozy quality to them and even a banana-y no kind of like quality to them. So that's kind of what we use there. And this is like a coffee and walnut cake um, chocolate, which has a real cakey texture to it as well. So, And also you know, with coffee, we talk a lot about um, mouthfeel and, and things like these. So these are all things which we're taking... To the chocolate side as well so you know how does it feel in your mouth you know how does it how long does it last do you get nice aftertastes and these sort of things so yeah it's, it's a it's a it's a whole broad sort of spectrum of things so the, this is going to be out in shop so when's the next issue out so it comes out in um october early october in october and so crucially you're, you as we said before you're not in smith's you're no. you're in select coffee shops it, it feels like London is the base for the magazine for, from reading it. Is that the case with distribution too? It is, yeah. I mean, I think in London we have something in the region of 400 speciality coffee shops. And then outside of, the U, outside of London, we have sort of epicentres like, you know, Manchester, Bristol, yeah, you know, Cardiff. There are the, you know, in all the major towns you have a, you know, a, a clustering. Um, but yeah, it's specifically London-focused only because... It really is a place where speciality coffee seems to be doing the most interesting creative things and is is kind of at the forefront. You've got some incredible roasters in London, people like Square Mile and Workshop and Notes and all these people that do fantastic roasting. Um, but they're also the people that are thinking of the new ideas and stuff like that as well. Uh, because I, I take it then that, you know, this has kind of blown up as this specialty coffee world has really exploded over the last five years. You've been there with this magazine dedicated to them. I mean, yeah, we were absolutely, you know, at the right place at the right time. And this is much luck as knowing, well, you know, I guess it's luck in some ways, but it's also kind of, seeing the the landscape and seeing i think that might be a good thing and also you know i just happen to really like it and as much i think in the early issues of the magazine it was as much me learning and every issue i learn something more but my learning curve obviously is flattened off a bit but we now people come to us it's like oh you're the experts i'm like mm. <laughs> <laughs> i'm not an expert but i've just accrued information over the last five and a half years and I'm just putting it out to you. And I imagine one of the most important things you've accrued in that time is your distribution network mm. because I'm guessing that there's nobody out there who's got a list of all the great specialty coffee shops where you could put a magazine like this. So how, how do you go about actually getting your magazine in front of people? Yeah, um, so the, the network's really important, obviously. Um, we get a lot of people asking to be a distributor uh, which is incredibly flattering. Um, but we do kind of, we are quite, uh, what's a really good way of putting this? We're very picky about where it goes. And we'll quite often go in there without them knowing. We'll, we'll order things. We will, um, you know, ask questions of the baristas. Uh, we will ask very particular questions about their water filtration system and, and things like that. And 
Yeah, as, as you, and you also, when you go into a coffee shop, this is a feature I've always wanted to write, um, and that is the things that you should look for to see if a coffee shop is going to be good or not. And a couple of little ones would be, if you walk in and there's a queue, that's not a bad thing. Mm. Um, if you walk in and there's a queue and you don't hear the grinder going at any point, you know they've pre-ground the coffee. And if they've pre-ground the coffee, it's dying every second in that hopper. If you look at the steam wand on the on the coffee machine, if you can see it and it's caked in white gunk, that means they're not cleaning it. That's bad as well. So there's all these little signifiers that kind of like you ticking off in your head. So when you get to the front of the queue, sometimes I've just gone, now you're right. <laughs> <laughs> and turned on my heel. You know, things like how shiny are the beans in the hopper? If they're really shiny, you're just never going near them. So, 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 this, so this is also then, so people can use Caffeine Magazine as a barometer of coffee quality because they're presumably that your mag will only be in shops where the coffee is actually really good. It was always meant to be a directory. In fact, the first ever issue, the back page was literally a list of all our stockists. And we said in that one that, you know, we, we want it to be in the best places so if you see a copy of Caffeine in a coffee shop, you know it's a good coffee shop. What I didn't think about, though, is that other coffee shops go into those coffee shops, take like a little <laughs> wadge of 10 mags and put them in their own coffee shop, and then say on Twitter, hey, new copies of Caffeine are in. And I'm like, we don't give them to you. <laughs> but, like, but you know what? Well done. Yeah, well yeah, done in yeah. being that, you know, well done for thinking like that. But that is, that is, that's great. That's to see your thing out in the world mm. and, and the point where you kind of lose control of it, yeah. I guess also is a really exciting point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I can be a bit of a control freak, so, but, but I do understand that that's a really, that's a really clever, a really clever thing. I mean, I even heard, and I'm not sure how true this is, but there was a guy that was going around um, a town, I think it might have even been Cardiff, um, with a with a stack of magazines and giving like five magazines to each coffee shop around him in exchange for a latte. I mean, I, I think this guy was a ho- I think this guy was homeless, and it was his way of kind of like gaming the system. And I just thought, brilliant, you've managed to work this out that the, these have inherent value for people, and you can barter that. Well done, mate. <laughs> Uh, and I've seen as well, so the, we've been talking about coffee this whole time, but in the um, most recent couple of issues, mm. you've also got tea stuff in there. Mm. Now, is this a bit of an indicator of where things are going? 100%. Um, speciality tea is, is been on, um, has been on our horizon for a number of years. It's kind of faltering in some ways because it doesn't have the gadgetry um, uh, it's associated with coffee, so you don't get the V60 and the capital. You don't get a hundred ways to brew it, like you can coffee. It's a very simple process, and yet it's so old and it has so much history that, in some ways, it's got a bigger back catalogue. Um, and I think the way that a lot of people drink tea in the UK, which is like just a you know paper bag full of shavings, nothing, literally nothing more than shavings, um, is terrible. And I'm really, really hoping that more and more people can kind of get an insight into speciality tea because it's a wonderful world to kind of be part of. Mm. And if they do, presumably you will be there with your magazine with the best ways to drink it, best places to drink it. Absolutely. Um, we did a tea special um, a couple of years ago. 
So the, the, as we're doing the chocolate special on this issue, uh, the next one, the, the, yeah, a couple of years ago, we did a tea special. So most of it was dedicated to tea. Things like tea cocktails, they're, they're wonderful. Like in our last issue, we did this wonderful tea cocktail on our inside back. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. The tea's definitely going to be big. So you're up around 40,000 copies at the moment. You're doing specials like on chocolate and tea and things like that. What's next for you? What's the next thing that you want to reach? Um, last year we started doing video, um, started doing some YouTube stuff. Um, it, I don't think it worked particularly well. Um, I think I need to find our voice. I need to find a way to communicate with people better on video. What did you want that video to do that it didn't manage to do? Reach people. It was just difficult to to kind of to people to to watch it. Um, but you know what? This this <clears> is <throat> the problem, and this this is the thing that we get all the time. Mm. So you've got your magazine, yeah. your printed magazine, to reach people. You put it in the places where those people are, and that's not easy. That's that's obviously difficult, but mm. that's a way of reaching people with digital. It's this whole other challenge of how do you get your stuff in front of people? Yeah, it's. I mean, I thought you know, um, naively that it would be a shoo-in because we have an Instagram channel that has uh, sixty thousand followers. We've got um, you know Facebook pages. We on Facebook. I'm not sure. It's ten or twenty, and then our Twitter is uh, twenty thousand. So you think I've got all these channels I can push to, and you do, and no one, no one watches it. I'm like, I must be terrible at this. <laughs> I must be really bad. But you know, I I laboured over that. It was taking me days to do a video. A ten minute video was taking me two days, mm-hmm. and that you know, when I'm trying to put a magazine out and run a sort of a small design agency, effectively, it's like that's a lot of work. So, is it, so this came up talking about future. So is mm. the future then that you want to figure out YouTube and video? Yeah, I think it has to be. I mean, I'm not so uh, I'm not so naive to think that print will be in the position it even is today forever. Um, you know, I'm very aware of my children. Probably, well, my, my children do sometimes pick up magazines, you know, but again, it's incredibly rare. They're more likely to be on the iPad. Um, so yeah, I'm very aware that video is a is a very strong channel that we need to be part of. Um, we need to be far better on our Instagram, our Instagram stories. Um, I, I feel that all the different social media channels have a have a reason for being and a way of speaking on, and I'm not sure we're dialed in on all of those yet either. But I think we're getting there slowly. So the so the future then actually for you is is focusing on the things that are not the print magazine and trying to make those things a bit better. Um, no, I just think it's a multi-channeled approach. I think it's, it's it's kind of understanding what translates best on what medium. There are certain things in print which you just cannot get, you know, as good on any other channel. I think one of your other someone on one of your podcasts was saying how it's if I think it was your sponsor actually last issue that was saying that print is a you know, it has multiple senses. You know, it's, it's the smell of it. The amount of people that come up to me and just and literally pull up a, a copy of caffeine and stick it to their face and smell it. I mean, <laughs> personally, when I'm when I'm driving around in my car, sometimes you know, delivering the magazine, there's the, the kind of high stench of solvent <laughs> flooding through the the car is is like I don't want this smell, but people love it. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I, I can sympathise as someone who has lived with magazines uh, in their house before. It gets a bit much sometimes when you can't escape it. But, um, well, look, good luck with um, with the next issue and, and uh, with everything that's coming up next. Um, and I'll be looking out for it in a cafe near me. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Okay, that's all for this week. Thanks again to Scott for coming over and speaking about his work and, of course, for bringing the chocolates. If you enjoyed this conversation, you can find lots more in our archives. Just search for Stack Magazines on SoundCloud or iTunes and you'll find all sorts of magazine makers sharing their thoughts on the joys and challenges of independent publishing. And of course, if you subscribe while you're there, we'll be able to drop our new episodes straight into your feed as soon as they're ready. Uh, regular listeners will know that we had a week off last week that's because we were shortlisting the stack awards uh, that is all now done so if you haven't already uh, do go to the stack blog and you can see some fantastic magazines listed out through 10 categories uh, there's some really fantastic stuff in there okay thank you very much for listening to this episode and we'll be back with another one next week <laughs>